going to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it like Biggie tried to do, and saying no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666. You can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Yeah, so more godly in 2020, um, and today we're going to be talking about the word, uh, just the word, how the word is going to help us be more godly in 2020. This series has really been a blessing uh, to me uh, because I wanted to start the year off just really trying to get uh, – just as close to God as possible because I just feel that this is just going to be a trying and a, a, a challenging year for a lot of people. And so I want to be prepared for it. That's why we're starting the year off with our consecration and our fasting and different things at the church. But I want to be prepared for this year. This year is going to bring some things and God hasn't fully, you know, I guess revealed it to me or whatever. I'm just, it's just the feeling I'm having right now. But I'm just uh, believing that, you know, uh, the word of God is powerful enough to uh, strengthen us and and anchor us so that, you know, we can make it through uh, another year. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that today. And this this is the fourth installment of this particular series, More Godly in 2020. Today, we'll be talking about the word and just the importance of God's word, God's written word, God's living, breathing word. You know, we. Man, we've come so far as believers today that, you know, we have digital forms of the word and we have, you know, uh, uh, have it on our phones and different things where we can have it a, a little more convenient than, uh, you know, having uh, trying to uh, remember where we put our Bible and everything. And, you know, so it, it's funny because I went to get me a, a, a Thompson Chain Bible, you know, which was my favorite Bible. Uh, reference Bible and man I can't even see it I guess I just got too old I can't see the <laughs> I can't see the writing it's too small and I'm I guess I'm spoiled because I use my ebook to read the word now because I can space it out space the sentences out or whatever and make it as big as I want or whatever so trying to read a regular Bible man that was that's challenging because uh, you know I'm in glasses denial anyway so <laughs> but anyway uh, the word is important because you know I want the word on all of my devices so wherever I am, I can pull it up and just, you know, read and focus on things, look up things when I have questions, even in my heart as the Holy Spirit uh, brings things to me. And people ask me questions all the time through email and different things. And so I want to always be ready for an answer. And I want the word just always around me because I believe that the word is that important, especially in this last hour. Y'all, I'm telling you, the word is important. Important. And so we're going to start this off by really dealing with how the word brings faith. You know, hearing the gospel challenges our confidence in ourselves. So the more we hear the gospel, the more inadequate we feel in the flesh. 
And that's a good thing because we don't need to feel like we're, we're strong in the flesh. We need to feel strong in the spirit, which is what the word teaches us. The word shows us. And so the more we read it, the bigger God gets, the greater God gets. We begin to see how awesome he is. We begin to understand just how great and powerful he really is which makes us inadequate in the flesh and makes us more dependent upon him. And that's the way it works. So the more word you receive, the more word you will want to receive because the word is what's going to empower you, not your own strength. The more we hear, uh, the more faith we put in what we're hearing. And that's just the way it works. So uh, Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more you hear, the more uh, you're going to uh, be built up spiritually. And that's what we need. You know, we, we can't fight a, a physical, we can't fight a spiritual battle with physical uh, uh, understanding or physical weapons or whatever. I mean, we need the word of God so that we can come back to things that the enemy is bringing to us. And so the more we hear it, uh, it begins to challenge our confidence in ourselves and don't, you know, you know, there's nothing wrong with being inadequate. I tell people all the time. Yeah, I'm a flesh human. I'm inadequate. I'm, I'm not worthy of what God is, has called me to do. And I definitely can't do it in my own power with my own strength. I wouldn't know anything except the word taught me. So I'm just saying, you know, it's nothing wrong with being inadequate as long as you're strong in the spirit and understand that it is the power of God that is empowering you. And that comes from understanding the word. The more you hear it, that's why we have so many issues now, because we have folks that don't have word and they're trying to give a word or they don't spend time in the word with understanding and they're trying to give a word and folks looking for a word. And this is what's led to all this witchcraft and sorcery and new age ideologies all this stuff has come because of the lack of understanding of of the word we have to know the word and we have to know we're inadequate without the word this is why the devil wants to stop us from going to church this is why he want to stop fellowship this is why he want to stop us from giving uh to you know to to ministries and different things to the ministry that is uh blessing us and all these things the devil wants all that stopped because he don't want us to hear the word he doesn't want us, want us to hear the word because he wants to empower us or he wants our flesh empowered. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. That's what happened with Eve. God had already given them the word. No, you don't do this. I want you this way. But the devil came and offered him something else. No, let me empower you. Let me empower you to be a better you. Let me make you, you know, more godly in 2020 uh, or, or, or in the garden or wherever it was. Let me, let me do it. The devil wants to do that. So the devil wants you to try to be more godly with your own strength. And that's what happened in, in, in the garden. But, you know, we understand that we are inadequate without the power of God. And that's what Adam and Eve should have understood. Hey, you know, we got to depend on what God is saying, because look around. Didn't he make all of this? Didn't he make you that's talking to me? So this is why the devil wants to do away with it. You know, church, fellowship, all these things, because he don't want us to hear the word. He wants us empowered. Uh, by our own strength he wants us new age he wants us all these different things so we can do what we want to do even some people are doing it in the name of the lord and this is this is just the time that we're living in and and the devil understands that our faith initiates god's power so if faith comes by hearing the word he wants to stop you from hearing it because it's going to initiate his god's power in your life and you'll be able to challenge him you'll be able to fight him 
on a greater level. So this is why the enemy is coming to stop all of these things. And he understands and we need to understand the word is a sword against the devil and his kingdom. So a sword, the sword of the spirit, the Bible says, take the sword of the spirit. When he talks about putting on the whole armor of God in Ephesians six, it says, take the sword of the spirit. Uh, that is the word of God. The Bible says that. And so when we have the sword of the spirit, we're armed and ready to fight. And, and this is the, this is the thing though. When the truth of the word is heard and accepted, it jabs the devil. And this is what the, this is what uh, Christ used when he was being tempted in the wilderness. He used the word of God as his weapon. And so he only quoted the word when the devil said, Hey, uh, Jesus, won't you do this? If you say you're the son of God, do this. He only use the word. And this is why we need to be prepared to use the word. We need to be prepared to use the word so that we can be more godly and we can have this uh, a sword against what the devil and his kingdom is trying to do. But here's another thing about it. The Bible calls it a two-edged sword and a two-edged sword cuts on both sides. So on both sides of the blade is sharp. And I believe this is symbolic of how we can use it as a weapon, but then it also cuts us. The word of God will jab us. It goes in and it can cut away all kinds of stuff. The more time you spend in the word, the more time you spend hearing the word and receiving the word, things begin to get cut away. Things that, you know, you may have carried for years, things in your heart, stuff that's deep in the darkest places in your mind, wherever it is, the word can go in and cut these things that the devil has caused us to internalize things that, you know, happen to us, trauma, whatever it is, the word can do that. So it's not only a weapon against the devil, but it can also go in and be a surgical weapon for us. Hebrews four and 12 says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. This sounds just like surgery uh, that, that's dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. It's spiritual surgery. So this weapon is not just a weapon, but it is also a surgical tool. It can go in and divide asunder soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And the best part is the last part of that passage, which says it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Spending time in the word will show you yourself. Spending time in the word will show you other people. And that's what you want it to do. So you don't react and get mad at what somebody said and just, you know, ruin your life because you mad at somebody because they said this, they did that. Let the word discern them. Let the word discern the intent of your heart. Why am I feeling like this? Because they said something. All they did was said it. It was just words and I'm taking physical action. Why is that? Well, you need your thoughts and the intents of your heart discern. And then also you can discern their intent and their heart And the world will say, hey, the only reason they said that is because of this or the reason they did that was because of that. So don't react. They, they had, you know, this is what they were feeling. This is what they were thinking. You're able to pick up the phone and say, you know what, man? Hey, let's just watch this, man. We we good. You know, the Lord has kind of showed me some things that you might be going through or you may have gone through. And, you know, we need to just push this aside and just man, we need to just be better than this. Those those are the things that happen because of the word of God. And the more time you spend in it, the more time you use it correctly or hear it, that conviction comes in and you'll begin to 
think, you know, think your way out of certain things and 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 use the word to get you out instead of always putting up your dukes and taking folks to fisticus and all that, just cussing folk out and all that. You'll be able to deal with a lot of things that's going on just by the word of God being uh, uh, in your mind and in your heart and you receiving it. And, and another thing about it, you know, if we're going to be more godly in 2020, we got to understand the word of God is set straight against sin. OK, so sin does not need to be named among us. You know, it's gotten real popular to have sin because now the grace of God is highlighted. And and we understand there's grace and we understand there's forgiveness. But this practice of sin as a lifestyle and just this is the way I am and I got to have my little, you know, I got to have mine and all that kind of stuff. These are not uh, a word based uh, uh, ideologies or, or theology. This is the, the word is dead set against us practicing sin or, uh, or sinning because sin is against God. And so we got to let the word get sin out of us. We got to let the word, the, 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 the sword go in and cut away those thoughts and intents that are causing us to reach out to sin or practice a sinful lifestyle. You cannot be devoted to God's word and practice a sinful lifestyle. You just can't do it. You always know anyone that's practicing a sinful lifestyle is not devoted to God's word. That means that there are passages you are skipping over. There are things in the word that you just, you know, you start reading, ah, skip down. Let me go read about the, the Moses in the basket. You know, you just, you, you don't want to, you don't want to hear what Paul said about sin. You don't want to hear what Jude said about sin. You don't want to hear what James said about sin. You know, you skipping over those and let me just go hear some stories of some folks, you know, and you're trying to use the word to pacify yourself. I want to read the word to meet my quota because I am saved, but I don't want to read the passages that's going against what I'm doing or going against my sinful lifestyle. And that's not allowed. That's not allowed at all. That's that, that, that will just disqualify you. You cannot be devoted to God's word and practice a sinful lifestyle. You got to make a choice. You got to choose which master you're going to serve because whichever one is taking precedent is uh, uh, over the other is the one that you serve. The Bible says that if you lend your members over to it you become a servant of it so you know it just can't happen if you're truly reading hearing and doing God's word you're just not gonna be practicing a sinful lifestyle you will be convicted and conviction will come and let me share this with you you know a lot of people don't know that they can do this but if you're saved and you believe that the Holy Spirit is living inside of you you can pray for conviction you can pray, Lord, I need to be convicted when I sin. So there may be sins I'm doing that I'm not aware of. There may be sins that I can't stop doing or I feel I can't stop. I may be in a cycle of sin, whatever it is. God, give me the conviction so that when I do this, I know how you feel about it. And I prayed that prayer years ago because there were things I was struggling with. I needed the conviction. I needed God to convict me when I error so that I could feel what he feels because that's what it's about. It's about, you know, if we're stopping sin because we are afraid somebody going to find out about it or we're, you know, we, we're afraid that we won't be able to uh, be a good minister or, 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 or you know, all these kind of things then that's legalism that's basically legalism that means you stopping you're not sinning for legalistic purposes so that you can either look good in front of others or you won't be caught or whatever the case but that's not a good reason to stop 
a good reason to stop is the conviction of the Holy Ghost to make you feel how God feels about it. And that's what we need to pray. We need to always pray that God give me the conviction so I can feel what you feel. If this is upsetting you, if this is what you don't like because it's hurting someone else, then God, I need to feel that. So you can pray that the Holy Ghost will give you that and he'll make you feel it to get you out of those situations. James 1 and 22 says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. And he beholdeth himself. He sees himself. The word will make you see yourself. You see yourself in the mirror. But then when he goes away straightforward, he forgetteth what manner of man he was. So he totally forgot what he saw and started back doing what he was doing before. And we don't want to be in that place where the word does not convict us and the word does not show us ourselves to the point of changing so that it can save our soul. We have to do what the word says so that we won't be like that man James is talking about that can walk away and go back to who he once was. We don't want to do that. We want to be able to be convicted out of sin, feel what God feels about it and and line up with what it is that we're reading. That's the only way that the word will have its potency. If we are doers, if we line up with it. So it's not going to do you any good to just read it and just hear it and not do it. You have to do it. Sin steals the word from us too. And it takes our confidence in truly being godly. It, it, it takes our confidence away uh, uh, of truly being godly. You see yourself as being a better person. You see yourself as uh, uh, dealing with all the issues in your life and really doing well, but you can't get there because sin keeps stealing it from you. It steals the word. Every time the word is sprinkled on your heart, it can't take root because sin comes and steals it away from you. And that messes with your confidence of being godly, trying to be more godly in 2020 with sin in your life. I mean, that's impossible because then you can't be more godly when we wallow in sin and we are built uh when we wallow in sin we're building low spiritual esteem that causes us to get doubt god's word and its true potency so if you're wallowing in sin and you're practicing sin man a, a hebrew israelite somebody come along and, and and say something against the word a muslim or something and you shaking in your boots because you don't know for sure you've read it and you used to believe it but sin has gotten you to a point to where you're doubting it you're doubting the potency of it you're really doubting if it's true that's what sin will do and this is why god doesn't want us practicing sin you got to get that out of your life if you plan to be more godly in 2020 you got to deal with those sinful issues over time this is going to diminish our stand if we practice in sin and eventually lead of course to spiritual death as romans 6 and 23 tells us for the wages of sin is death so we understand that if you keep practicing it death is going to come so we have to heed the warnings you heed the warning i'm giving you right now through the word that we cannot live a lifestyle of sin practice we have to get past that we got to get delivered from that and we have to let the word do it let the word of god do it but pray for that conviction 
Pray for that conviction so you'll know how he feels about it and you'll be able to let that go. Another thing that we need to talk about it when it comes to being more godly is the loner mentality. Now, this is very popular as I'm studying uh, for the truth behind hip hop 13. I'm studying for this particular message on uh, social esteem, social media. I'm learning more and more about the loner mentality, which is what social media targets. It targets the person that is the loner. It's tar- it targets the person that is in their head all the time. And you may not have grown up that way, but now you're becoming that way. This is isolation. This is what video games all day do. This is what, you know, just headphones on all day, on social media all day, just not interacting with real live breathing human beings, avoiding uh, confrontation, avoiding conflict, not wanting to discuss issues, just being quiet and to yourself. Y'all, that's the most dangerous place a person can be, especially in 2020. Very dangerous for you to have a loner mentality. Man, let's talk about that a little bit. Many today struggle because of the lack of accountability. So a loner is going to be hard to be kept accountable because they're a loner. They're in their head. Things look a certain way in their head. Things look a certain way in their minds to them. And they go with what their mind is saying because they don't trust people. And this comes from being hurt, being neglected, something traumatic happening to you or whatever. You don't trust people. Some folks, I mean, they, they, they live in their head and they, you can't get them out of their head. And so you can't hold them accountable to anything because everything's in their head and they won't talk about it. They won't let it out. They won't discuss it. This is a loner mentality. y'all. This is so dangerous. People are struggling because they're just not accountable. They're only accountable to their mind. And, you know, this is how folks go crazy and schizophrenic and all these things. And then, you know, they go and shoot up schools and, you know, shoot up uh, supermarkets or whatever the case. This comes from that loner mentality or that lack of accountability in their own mind Uh, this is where they live and you know if you don't have the right stuff in your mind if you don't have the right stuff in your heart then all you're doing is messing with a bunch of dangerous thoughts all the time if you're in your head hearing the word and doing the word is good but having examples and accountability is even better because then you have relationships that support your efforts so yes hearing the word and yes the bible tells us to be a doer of the word but it also tells us to get around folks yes it does tell us the fellowship because examples and accountability is even better uh, 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 will even better strengthen you because you've got those relationships that support your efforts. You actually have like-minded believers or people around you to support what you're doing. And you have a system of checks and balances, which is even better. When you let things out of your head and you talk to someone, they can run it through a filter or something, run it through their filter. You can hear it when it's coming out. And man, it sometimes it'll change everything because you have made yourself accountable to somebody else by letting it out. And you didn't go with your first impulse. You didn't go with your first notion. You know, you didn't go with your first plan just because it was in your head and you trust your mind. I trust my mind, even though everything around you, your whole life is a wreck. You can't make nothing happen. You can't make two plus two even equal four. You can't make nothing happen, but you still trust in your brain and your mind because you were so hurt by what someone did to you. Well, you got to bring people around. We got to have examples and accountability to keep us balanced, a system of checks and balances so that we don't go too far to the left or too far to the right. Somebody can say, hey, 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 come back now. You know, you need to come on back. Uh, And that's why I like, you know, I like to keep old 
older men in my life. I have a lot of younger men in my life and different ones, but I like to keep older men in my life to keep me accountable because they know things, you know, they know things. I mean, an old bum on the street knows stuff you don't know. So older people are just going to know stuff because they've been around longer and they can say, Hey, you know, you know, G Craig, uh, I don't know about that. You know, that, that's sounding a little, and it makes me rethink certain things. And so I thank God for that. And everyone needs that. I thank God for my wife. She holds me accountable. She can say, ah, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. You know, whatever. And I thank God for her and our relationship. Those things keep you accountable, but the internet, social media, et cetera, they're all, these are just not viable sources of accountability. So I'm not talking about going on there and getting you a virtual uh, accountability or virtual examples and different things. These folks, you don't know, and you consider them, you know, you can consider them friends or whatever you want to call them online, whatever. But if you don't know them, the Bible tells us to know those that labor among us and they're not among you. Uh, virtual is not among you. That's virtual reality. This isn't even real. So you have to be careful with that. You, you're not being held accountable. These aren't real people. You need some real human beings that see you from day to day or see you every other day or once a week, whatever. They actually see you. They interact with you. You interact with them. This will hold you accountable so you can get out of your head. Look at somebody and say, get out of your head. I wish I had an audience right here that could do that. But <laughs> we need family, friends, and like-minded believers that are really in our lives to help strengthen, admonish, and encourage us. First Thessalonians 5 and 11 says, wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do and we beseech you, brethren, to know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. He's talking to a physical group here. We all need this fellowshipping with believers that exemplify the word gives us proof that it works. So we got the word here. We're listening to it. We're being doers of it. It's building our faith. We're being, you know, all of those things. And then with our eyes, we can actually see the people that we're fellowshipping with, apply the word and exemplify it and give us proof that it works. Y'all, the devil hates this. I almost felt him when I said it, his hate. He hates this. He hates the church. He hates fellowship. He hates us coming around like-minded believers. He wants to do anything in his power he wants to do it everything possible to block fellowship everything possible to block people from coming together and seeing examples because fruit is proof and this is what he hates fruit anywhere god's word can be proven the enemy will attack this is why the first place he attacks is the family he wants to destroy the family because the family is gonna if the family does what god says there's gonna be fruit there then he wants to attack the church because if the church does what god said there's gonna be fruit there the devil's gonna always target these places because he hates the proof which is fruit because it proves him wrong and it makes him look like a devil or like the devil that he is because God's way brings fruit. Isolation is the enemy of the modern day believer. Listen to what I'm telling you. The person that keeps to themselves, lives in their head, makes decisions based upon what they have been thinking will always find themselves far, far away from God. Proverbs 16 and 25 says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof 
other ways of death. So this isolation, keeping yourself away, living in your own head, living, you know, just thinking all the time of stuff to do and getting online and doing it. I mean, come on, y'all. We need to be balanced with the fellowship of like-minded believers. Well, first you got to be a believer and then, you know, <laughs> but then you need to be balanced if you are a believer by other like-minded believers. That's why we got all these rogue Christians trying to rightly divide the word without experience and understanding God is going to give gifts to men, but just, and just because you feel like you are gifted, don't mean you need to go on the internet and say something, you know, the fruit is going to always prove your gifting. And that's why the devil hates proof. Reading, hearing, and doing the word is the only way to truly be more godly in 2020. I guess this is my summary. I don't like to yell summary. I'm not in the church, but <laughs> reading, hearing, and doing the word is the only way to truly be more godly in 2020 without the word we are just trying to be good people and we know good is not good enough being a good person and trying to just you know please everybody and make everyone like us you know you can't even be a truly good person and make everyone like you you're gonna have to break some rules for everyone to like you in this day and so it's not about that but without the word we are just trying to be good people and it's impossible because there's always going to be temptation, desires and selfish wishes that we have. All of that stuff is going to always be there. No matter how good we try to be, we're going to always be tempted. Desires, selfish wishes. We're going to always do things wrong and need help, need repentance, need the grace of God. So we can't just try to be a good person. But the word is here to help us. And we must use the word of God to discipline us. It will discipline us. It will teach us. And it will disciple us, give us God's way if we put it where it needs to be. So we have to have the word in our life to do these things through prayer and perseverance. The word can help us truly become more godly in 2020. So develop a love for the word. Pray for a love for the word. Shun other things. Go on a fast. Move other things out of the way. Turn off the entertainment, different things, and find yourself in God's word and let God's word have its rightful place so you can be more godly in 2020. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.